1: The podcast. Domestic violence happens in half of all marriages in America. Can you believe that? Half. That's what we know. So I talked to Louis, who has been abusing his wife, Shannon, for 13 years. And when I did that interview, it struck me how relatable their story would be to so many people. So we decided to take it a step further before we aired their Story. We sent them to one of who I believe to be one of the best marriage therapists in the world, Dr. Harville Hendricks. I read a book of Harville's almost 20 years ago, and it was life-changing for me. So I wanted Louie and Shannon to meet him, and they agreed to allow us to witness this raw and difficult process. So let's start with the interview that never aired. It begins with Louis's desperate email to us.
3: I am an abusive husband. I verbally abuse my wife every single day and I just can't seem to stop. I'm desperate for help. I lose my temper. Yelling, screaming, and name calling are part of our daily lives. At times, I will get within an inch of her face and scream at the top of my lungs. I will call her a liar over nothing and have even threatened to kill her. I get so angry, I have even knocked down doors in our home. I have been convicted of domestic violence twice. My emotions get out of control and I have no idea why. I love my wife and kids and being a father. I can't imagine someone treating my daughters this way. I've been trying to change and I just can't make that
1: final step. How long has this been going on? Uh, for 13 years. How do you treat Shannon on a daily basis? Would you describe that for us?
3: Um, you know, little things can escalate to, you know, a screaming match and insulting and you know, that's, that's the main problem now, is the, the verbal abuse. The, we escalate each other, and then I think I take it to a higher level. And
2: Yeah. What do you say? Uh,
3: anything you can imagine, pretty
2: much. It's not that he says anything worse than I say, because I think we both attack each other verbally now, mm-hmm. now that the physical abuse has subsided. Because
1: you feel safe feel that he won't s- physically hit you?
2: Definitely. I don't really try to control
1: what I say back to him because I think I don't want to hurt him, you know? You think you want to verbally hurt him? Right. I want to know what is said because I can't imagine... I hate you. You're a stupid
2: jerk. You know?
1: You're a stupid jerk.
2: Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that I say... have said worse things than that, definitely.
1: And you say those things to hurt him. Mm-hmm. And he says things like he calls... Right. He ...calls you a bitch. Right. Yeah. And worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you say those things to hurt her?
3: I say those things, you know, to hurt her or to, if I feel sometimes like,
1: mm.
3: like I'm losing control of a situation or, you know, or that she's not respecting me or vice versa, you know? And I it's I know that it's wrong. I mean, I've recognized that this is a problem I've been trying to change for like 13 years. and I've been convicted of domestic violence twice. And... With her? Yeah, with her. Mm-hmm.
1: In 1999, Louis punched Shannon after an argument got out of control. Their concerned neighbors call 911. Three years later, police records show that a taxi driver phoned police after witnessing Louis push Shannon to the ground. Louis denies this happened, but was found guilty. How was your respect level for yourself? I have always found that when people are demanding respect, or insisting upon people respecting them, that most often that's because they really, truly don't have it for themselves. I love my wife and kids more than anything. I, we
3: separated for two years, and that was the hardest time of my entire life. I never, ever went through anything. You know, my childhood was one of those ones that you hear about all terrible and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) That was nothing compared to being away from my kids and wife for that short amount of time. For me, why I have low self-respect is because I want to be a good husband and father, and I'm not as good as I, even close to as good as I want to be. That's what I beat myself up
0: about. That's why I don't have any respect for myself.
1: And so it's a it's a cycle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Look around. You can
4: find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding in your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.
1: And you say that he threatened you over your daughter's report card?
2: It was a big argument because my daughter had um, gotten some bad grades and she was already in trouble for something, so I put the report card aside to show him when I, you know, felt like it would be a better time, and then it got lost. And, you know, when he finally did find it, it was a huge, a huge argument. And I ended up having to leave the house for a few hours.
1: But it's interesting, Tim. The, the truth of the matter is, if you're arguing over a report card, okay. you're not over and arguing over no, no. a report card. Right. It's about, right. again, exactly. your, your level of respect or feeling that you're being disrespected in some right.
3: way. It. And it's. It's all about that whole cycle of violence. The whole the whole thing is rooted in all the thirteen years what we've been through, her wanting to hurt me because of the because you don't just get over that. Yeah. Me not finding, you know, a way to find out what my core issues or whatever it is and change
1: that yeah. and finally make that step. Okay. Time for Doctor Robin. Robin.
5: Yeah, I what's really going on here. Well, I'm curious about something, Louie, and I'm glad to see some tears that were coming up in your eyes as you're talking about the pain you're in. So I'm wondering, where did you witness this kind of behavior?
3: Um, When I was a kid, my parents had a lot of issues. They split up. And my mom abused me. I mean, there was, I went to live with my grandparents at a young age, and I could, I had six-inch-wide belt bruises from the back of my heels to the back (laughs) of my head. But that's, all that being said, that's no excuse for my actions as an adult.
5: It's no excuse. You're right but it starts to lay the foundation. So when you talk about your core issues, Right. That's your core issue, that you were wounded and injured and violated. You were disrespected as a child. And you have physical and emotional wounds to prove that. So what happens is we then grow up and we get involved with someone innocent and we violate them the way we were violated. We do it because we get into adult relationships and act out the stuff we saw that was a secret when we were a child. Well, it's learned behavior. Yes, it is learned behavior. And so the question (laughs) is, are you ready to unlearn that behavior and learn new behavior?
3: I've been trying to for 12 years, and that's what I don't understand. So
5: what do you think has gotten in the way? Really? I mean, I don't know
3: if I'm afraid to face all that stuff from a long time ago or what it is.
5: You're on to something. You're like, stop right there. The fact that I asked the question and you went right to, maybe I'm afraid to face all of the stuff that was back there, you're on to something, because that is what's required. You've got to go back to the place you don't want to go, where you were hurt, so that you can change the life that you want with your wife and your children. There is no way out of this.
1: Because isn't he just raging? He is like a lot of men. He is your ra- You're a raging bull. You're <laughs> raging... Yes. ...you're raging against all the pain that you have felt. And it comes out against your spouse. And children.
3: And children. I feel like that, but I also feel like there's a lot of people out there that abuse in these classes that I've been in that use that as an excuse continue to be like that, and I just feel like...
1: It's not an excuse, but it does explain the pattern. And it is not excuse... You know why it's not an excuse? Because now you are an adult and you have the ability to change it. Right. That's why it's not an excuse. But at least you understand where it comes from. That's why for every single person that's in a battering relationship right now, and you say you're staying for the kids, you're teaching your kids, how to grow up and choose somebody just like that. Even though, as a child, you say, I don't want it, the reason you're drawn to it is because you don't know anything else. Psychically, you don't know anything else.
3: I have two beautiful daughters, and I have to... I know that that's what we're teaching them. And they're gonna
1: grow up and get a man just like you. Exactly.
3: And that's what... That's why... That's what the email
1: is about. That's why I'm, you know, I'm trying to find some way to end this and help them. Okay. The way to end it is to walk through the pain. Is it not, Robin?
5: It is. You've never been able to go back to the place, I call it the valley of the shadow of death. It's the place we feel that we will die in, because it is the place that a part of us was killed. As a little child, you were, a part of you was killed. An innocence was killed. A joyfulness was killed. You have wounds, physical and emotional, that killed a part of your spirit. And so part of this healing is taking back what's yours.
1: And, and the thing is, everybody is afraid to go back there in their mind mm-hmm. because you're afraid you're going to die. You're afraid you're going to feel the way you did when you were a little kid. But the truth is, you won't be able to live, fully live, until you do.
3: We've been struggling with this for all these years, and my daughters are getting older, and I just feel like I need to help them. because because I don't want the same thing for them.
1: (laughs) So it was at that moment that both Dr. Robin and I knew exactly what Louie and Shannon needed to do to try to save their marriage. So when it comes to confronting your painful childhood, I believe that marital therapist Dr. Harville Hendricks is the best. Louie and Shannon agreed to allow our cameras to follow them through this very difficult and uncomfortable process. with Harville. Harville has a groundbreaking theory that I said to you earlier, I read about, in a book called Getting the Love You Want. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that theory is called imago therapy. That could help save their marriage and perhaps yours. Harville, can you explain to everybody what it is? Imago. Well, well, yeah.
6: well basically, it's a couple's therapy. Yeah. And it posits that if you fall in love, you'll fall in love with somebody whose um, personality is similar to the characteristics of your caretakers.
1: Okay. So it means that you fall in love with somebody who has the characteristics of both your father and mother, if you were primarily raised by your father and mother. And the
6: positive and negative traits, but primarily the negative traits.
1: But you don't know that when you've fallen in love.
6: Well, if you did that, you would run like hell.
1: Okay. Uh, (laughs) That's
6: right. It appears like you block out the negative. Yeah. And you're really attracted to the positive. But unconsciously, you're attracted to the negative traits because those are connected to The needs you didn't get met in childhood. And so we're designed in such a way that we need those needs met because in childhood they're connected to survival.
1: Yeah. You're like drawn drawn to the person who is most going to bring up most of your stuff.
6: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Okay, then. <laughs> That's why I love this. I love this. I love this. This helped me 20 years ago. I would have to say that I would probably not still be in the relationship that I'm in. Seven wow. and I have had a relationship for 20 years. But I understood, after reading your book, what I brought to it and what my past brought to it yeah. and what his past brought to it and, and, and that we were both here to, to heal that. And so when I'd see it come up, I'd say, oh, I see, I know what that well, is.
6: Well, see, that's that's the point. Yeah. It's to repeat the past in order to change the past. That's
1: right. It's fascinating. I love it. Step one in Imago therapy, Harville takes Louis back to the source of his pain, childhood.
6: So mirroring is the first piece of this process. You listen to your partner talk, and you make every effort you can to accurately hear what they're saying without criticizing it, without judging it. So I'm going to ask one of you to be the parent as if you were the parent of the other one.
0: I'm your mom. and Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Look around. You can find cars like
4: these on Autotrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. (laughs) Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Autotrader. Just you wait. Autotrader. Dad, what is it like living with
3: us? You tell me all the time to stand up for myself, and then you beat me with an extension cord till I can't move for days and days.
2: So living with us is like being in hell, never feeling loved, never feeling wanted, never feeling (laughs) taken care of.
3: Is there more? It's not fair that you take away my childhood and take out everything that you've done wrong in your life on us.
6: Tell her how you feel about that. I hate that.
3: I hate you. Yeah. Stay with that. I hate everything about you.
6: You're selfish and you... Yeah. Let it out. Let out the scream. It sounds like there's a scream there.
3: The only thing that you've ever cared about is yourself. You had kids because you thought they would make you happy, not because you wanted to take care of them or because you cared about them.
6: And how that impacted me, how that's impacting me.
3: And how that's impacting me is that it's constant neglect. I don't agree with you because, because I was taught from when I was little by you to stand up for what I believe in. And the same thing you taught me, you're beating me for.
4: Wow.
6: I'm really hurting.
3: I'm really hurting, and I feel
4: disappointed.
6: And I'm learning from you how to hurt people.
4: And I'm
3: learning from you how to hurt
6: people. let say everything that's coming up.
3: I'm learning from you how to hurt people. So when I grow up, then I can
1: hurt the ones I love. Boy, that's raw, hard to watch. Um, how did that feel for you, Louis, going back to that pain? It felt terrible. Mm-hmm.
3: You don't want to go back there. You're afraid
1: to go back there. Mm-hmm. But how, when you went back there and could see where all of this is coming from, was that a breakthrough moment for you?
3: Yeah, it was a, something I've known, but it was a breakthrough moment because I feel like I was in a place with her where she could understand me in a new kind of way.
1: Mm-hmm. What did you learn about yourself? I learned that... It,
3: to really change the way I want to be. To be a good father, I have to deal with
1: that. hmm you, you seeing your husband that way, that vulnerable, and I know you have felt in other times that he used the past as an excuse, but what was that like for you? Oh, it
2: was horrible. You don't Shannon. want to see somebody that you love feeling like that. Feeling
1: like that. I know a lot of people are like, why do I need to go back there? That was back then. What does that have to do with now?
6: Well, Recreating it is necessary in order to move beyond explaining it. Um, But when you re-experience it, rather than just recall it it or talk about it, then you release the pain. And if you release the pain, then you remove the power.
1: And you're saying that connecting back to that pain allows you to, not to heal it, but at least open up a space so that you can see yourself more clearly.
6: So, Mom and Dad, what what do you need from us that would heal all that for you? What do you need from us?
3: Show me how to love and how not to hurt people. Show me how you're supposed to treat someone that you love. All I know is how to hurt and how to fight back in some way and how to run my mouth and how to be abusive. And you're my parents, and you're responsible for it as much as I am.
2: Seeing what you've learned from us as parents, what new decisions do you want to make when you grow up than what we've taught you? What would you change?
4: Yeah.
3: When I grow up, I'm I'm going to be good to my family and love them. And no matter what they ever do, I'm not going to tell them I don't want them.
6: And tell your dad how you're going to treat your wife.
3: I'm going to treat my wife with respect. And I'm going to listen to what she has to say. And I'm, going to, I'm not going to drag her all around.
6: And I'm going to give up all that i learned from you, mom and dad.
3: And I'm going to give up all that I've learned from you, mom and dad. No matter what. No matter what.
2: So what you're saying is when you grow up instead of being like us you're going to be a strong productive man in this world who treats his family like they're wanted and loved and you're going to say goodbye to your loyalty to us. What do you need from me to help you with all that?
3: I just need your love. I need I need I need your love and support. I definitely need to know that I'm wanted by you.
6: That's the big childhood wound. So how are you feeling right now? <laughs>
3: I'm feeling terrible, but I think that, you know, this is how you get to where I want to be.
1: Shannon, do you believe Louis can change? Yeah. Yeah, you do? You said, this is a big wound. What was the big wound?
6: Louis was basically sort of erased in childhood when he was not visible. You know, you used the word earlier about disrespect. Yeah. Just, just no, no respect. It was aggressive abuse that made him um, experience so much pain. And then he had to cover it over. Uh, I, I think another word is that somehow you disappeared in your childhood as a person. As a result of the intensity.
1: Yeah, and by disrespect, I don't mean you need to respect me, but that you never felt validated. Validated. As a person. Seen
6: as a person. Yeah. Another thing is experienced as a person. Experienced as a person. It's when a child experiences their parent experiencing them as a positive, beautiful being. Yeah. That does something to the child that's very different from just saying, hey, you're a great kid.
1: Yeah, you know what? It's what Toni Morrison said on the show one what your kid's always looking for is, do your eyes light up Absolutely. when they enter the room? Yes. Do you see me? Do you really see me? Am I visible? Am, am I visible? Now, what's interesting is I've heard you say that verbal abuse can be more uh, damaging than physical abuse.
6: Verbal abuse is more prevalent. Yep. Uh, verbal abuse also characterizes you as a person, whereas in physical abuse, you just, you, you fundamentally get hurt. Yeah. Verbal abuse your soul is attacked, your personality is attacked, something about your value is, is, uh, is assaulted. All negativity is abusive. Yeah. And the scars from that have deeper memories than the physical scars.
1: Yeah. Well, in this part of their uh, intense marriage therapy session, Harville forces Louie and Shannon to face their pain head on. Take a look.
6: When
3: we were on the show, we talked about facing the past and all that, and I'm pretty scared to face it, you know.
6: And say something about the scare. I'm scared because
3: I'm scared because it drives me in my life, but it also drives me as a failure in some ways. What's the it? The, the pain. I don't know.
6: Can you say more about that? If I face what drives me, well,
3: then I don't want to lose that drive. I don't want to. I'm willing lose to face you. anything and risk anything if I can make a better home for you and my kids, including giving up my anger and rage. Including giving
6: up my anger and rage. or <laughs> more.
2: Because I love you,
3: but I love the kids more than anything.
6: So let me see if I can put some words in your mouth, but you say them only if they're true for you. I have needed to be angry and aggressive in order to feel like a man or a powerful, I don't know what the right word is.
3: I've needed to feel angry and aggressive because it's a vent for my pain. Because inside of me there's this thing that is always hurting, that always feels bad about himself, that always is disappointed in how he is with his family and in everything that he does. And it's been killing me and killing me and killing me for a long time. And I, that's why I'm trying to face it.
6: So this thing inside is a part of me.
3: Yeah, this <laughs> thing inside is a part of me. And I can't control it. I can't. It's
6: almost consuming me lately. Would you just for a moment look at how it has served you?
3: Everything that we've been through and all the pain, that it also makes me survive it. It's been, you know, it's fed us for all these years. That's the scary thing, too, is that I don't want to not be me. I'm afraid of losing
6: that. So try this on. So over the years, instead of giving up that angry part of me, I've chosen to feel guilty about it, rather than let it go. Right. And guilty, r- rather than giving up the anger. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so my guilt has served me well.
3: Yeah. But it's killing me.
6: That self-abuse is going on at the same level as any other uh, anger or abuse that you might be toward others. And the reason that's going on is that that helps you.
3: Well, it does help me, and I never thought about it like
6: that. But it helps you in the sense that it becomes a substitute for change. If I can feel bad enough about it, then I don't have to change it. There's something like that.
3: It's exactly like that.
1: So you say in that last clip of your marriage therapy that you had an aha moment. What was that?
3: It was that I abused myself and made myself feel so terrible about it. But it was an excuse for not to change. I just felt bad about it. But I never did something more about it. And so the guilt
1: was an excuse not to change.
6: Right. Yeah. And the, the guilt was punishment for behavior, which he knows that he has a high level of conscience. He knows that the level of his values was inappropriate behavior. But what he didn't have from childhood was what else to do.
1: Yeah, he didn't know how.
6: He didn't know how.
1: He didn't know how. And so
6: guilt is a form of punishment for that.
1: So in this next stage of the intense therapy, Dr. Hendricks, uh, using his revolutionary imago technique, tries to get to the root of the reason Louis is so full of rage.
6: So now I want to ask you a very important question. So what does keeping disrespect, distrust, and poor communication in your relationship, how does that help you? It keeps you feel safe. Right, you feel safe.
3: And I'm afraid to let that go, and I'm afraid that, you know, I'm gonna trust that I'm gonna get trampled on or she's, you know, gonna walk out on me like everybody else.
6: So if I had better communication, she'd walk out on me?
3: It doesn't make any sense, but that's honestly the way I feel because I don't, my whole entire life, I've never known anything like that.
6: Can I make a wild guess? I have a fantasy that you keep the conflict in this relationship, which you've been trying to get rid of for 13 years, um, because it, it, it maintains a certain distance between the two of you, that you don't have to be terrified by closeness or intimacy if you stay angry enough, long enough, or frequently enough.
2: Well, it makes sense that we would keep a wall up there just in case.
3: Well, I feel like for me, it's right on. But it's it's the yeah, I'm afraid to lose her, and at the same time, I am afraid to be that close with her, where I just totally, because I'm even more afraid of losing that.
6: Like if I got it, then I might lose it. Right.
3: And I've never looked at it like this before at all.
2: I just don't know when this other self-destructive part of him is just gonna just gonna
6: yeah. So you can't run everything. Yeah, right. So you're not going to carry all your buckets to him?
2: Yeah, that's it. So I'll keep my walls up and I'll keep angry, and then I don't have to.
6: And it makes sense to do that. So the conflict has protected you from really, really painful moments
2: and disappointing moments, because I don't expect much out of him, you know? So he doesn't really disappoint me.
6: You get to be safe from disappointment because you gave up expectations. So what would happen to you if you lost her?
3: I feel like if I lost her now, I, I couldn't handle it, that I I couldn't get by, that I... I might I, die. Yeah, that I love her that much, that I, I wouldn't want to live, I wouldn't want to go on with anything else.
6: So, in a kind of paradoxical way, you're keeping the conflict going in order to avoid death?
3: Yeah.
1: I don't know what you mean by that.
6: In the brain, deep in the, pain, in the brain, pain is always connected to the possibility of death. death. Yeah, that is so, in good. order to stay alive, I'm going to have to keep my distance. I don't know how to have, you know, appropriate separateness without being uh, abusive verbally. Yeah. So, so Shannon the,
1: must have been wounded in some way that, right. allowed, that allowed her to not to want to create intimacy. Right. She had, yeah.
6: she had her, her own particular pattern yeah. that makes closeness scary, dangerous, and painful. And, and so, so she is to drawn
1: recover. to him because this is the perfect relationship in order to keep that going. Right.
6: They're in the See, dance of, they're of the survival. Dance. They're
1: in the dance. Okay. Louis and Shannon are allowing us to follow their extremely difficult journey through marriage counseling. Dr. Harvel Hendricks who wrote, getting the love you want uh, is helping them with his revolutionary imago therapy.
6: Now I feel like we can move on to something we call behavior change requests. It operates on the assumption that embedded in every gripe, complaint, criticism, frustration you have is a wish. The wish is not being addressed because most of us don't know that the wish is embedded in the frustration. So I'd like you to sort of switch back and face each other and ask for one of you start. And I'd like you to think about, what is the biggest frustration you have in this relationship? And I want you to describe it as a behavior.
3: So my biggest frustration is when you want something, you don't ask for it, and then you get angry. But what happens inside of you? I get on the defensive. It reminds me of my childhood. and. People not communicating with me and then
6: leaving me or sending me away. I'm going to, um, to ask him to come up with three things you could do that would change all
2: what that. What do you need from me that would change your frustration with that?
3: You could make me a list of things you want done in the house and let me know when you want to do them, how often you want me to do them, what you need.
6: How often do you want her to give you this list? Daily would be fine. So what's your second request?
3: I want for you just to give me a permanent list of what you think needs done on a regular basis every day of stuff that I can make sure gets done every day. All right. And then the third request is, I want for you to tell me specifically. Every night. Every night, every day when I come home, every night when you come home, and tell me if the specific things that you need done
6: that day. So now review in your mind the three things he wants and then which one you want.
2: Yeah, I think it would have to be a daily. I, I could maybe make myself a big list and then make him a daily list.
6: Try it out for three weeks right. and see how this works. Now, let's shift to you.
2: He pretty much spends all of his time when he's at home in our bedroom. <laughs> I feel lonely.
6: So what do you need from me that would help heal all that for you?
2: For the next three once weeks, a day, once a day,
6: you just I want you engage to engage the family for at least one hour. At
2: least one hour with us doing something as a family.
6: Okay, so that's request number one.
2: What's number two? But just limit your time that you spend by yourself. Third one. Eat dinner with our family, not in your room.
6: So, now you think of those three and, and pick the one that you'll do.
3: I will spend at least an hour with the kids or you and the kids every day for the next three weeks, no matter what. Did you do that? Yeah, we did it. One thing about all this to me is it's, it's like peaks and valleys and I've learned that you, you do it and some things work good and some other things that you fail at, but, but I spend more time with the kids and It's hard. It's, like, we're not gonna go from where we were to be in a perfect relationship overnight.
1: Well, what is interesting about it is that I think most people think, and married people, y'all can say yes or no, you you think that your spouse or partner should know what you want. Oh, yes. And you think you shouldn't have to make a list of what you're supposed to do. You're oh, yeah. sitting in the kitchen, and you know the dishes need to be done, do yeah. them, you know, or whatever. And I think that's, that's, that's part of the problem is you think that that person should just automatically know. Yeah. And that is the, what do you, the something of romance, you call that?
6: Well, it's the illusion of romance. Illusion of romance. romance.
1: And that's not right.
6: And that's not right.
1: Okay. Harville says whether or not Louis will be able to manage his emotions depends on Shannon. Why is that?
6: Well, conflict... Uh, is a relational problem it's created in a relationship it can be yeah. resolved only in a relationship and they will have to be together to decide how can we get what we want in this relationship without fighting but also without triggering those fears that are worse than the fears we have when we're fighting so if they did therapy separately, so you are their fear of, their
1: fear of intimacy is worse than the fear of
6: Yes, because it is in the intimate area that both of them were wounded in childhood.
1: Oh, okay. So when they So if we move
6: back together, like where we should be, if we move back here, the pain that occurs will be more difficult to manage than the pain of the fighting. Because
1: he thinks she's going to abandon him. Right. And she thinks what?
2: You've already hit it on the head. It's just being that close, you know.
1: I don't think that I know how to be that
2: close with someone. Which is so
1: interesting, because one of the things you're asking for is, more time so you can be closer. Mm-hmm. Harville says the next step for Louis and Shannon is critical. Lay it on the line. What is it?
6: Well, I think the next step is that they need to make an intentional commitment to stay in the process. Like it's going to be up and downhill. You're going to run off the road and into the ditch, but at least now they know what to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, you only knew one thing to do, and that was if things weren't going well, you would fight the way you go about getting it. So you stay in the dialogue process, you stay talking to each other. Uh,
3: we've been in the dialogue process, and I can honestly tell you that, for me, I feel more secure and I have more of a sense of hope than I've ever had in my entire life yeah. because I feel like I've stepped into her shoes and she stepped into mine, and, and it's all through the dialogue that's that, yeah. been able to happen.
6: You become so, compassionate for each other.
3: We listen, but we don't hear. And right. when you're dialoguing, it's like a way of you get to hear hearing. Uh, yeah. You yeah. really hear. You take the time to hear. Yeah.
6: One of the things that Helen and I, my wife, have discovered that's transformed our relationship has been every night before we go to sleep, we will say three things about you. I will say three things about you that I appreciate, something you did today, a trait you have. But tomorrow night, I can't repeat those three. I have to come up with three new ones. Oh, boy. So what, what happens with this is well, that some
1: after... people are going to run out real soon. Well, but,
6: okay. but you'd be amazed <laughs> amused, at how amazing exactly. your partner is if you'll up start things, looking at them through a different lens. You're supposed to do this how long? Um, well, forever.
3: <laughs> did you guys do this?
6: Yeah, and, and into therapy. we started
3: off with the three and it's real it's hard. hard. <laughs> so we kind of fell back. <laughs> <laughs> it's super hard. So we kind of fell back and did one. But it is the most amazing yeah. thing. Because when you uh, go great. from an, uh, our relationship the way it was with all the verbal abuse, and you're say you're at work all day, and you're thinking all day about what was said and this and that. When they give you that one appreciation, all that turns off. Yeah. And all day you're thinking about, man, that was nice, and I feel good about what she said about me. And it changes your whole outlook on the day, your outlook on the next day. It's amazing. Just one? Just even one. Even
1: one. Oh. And I like this. You know why? Because I think a love, I love you becomes vapid after a while. I yeah. love you, love you, you yeah. know, oh, sometimes, that, you know, you get, you see people and they give the yeah. little pecks and I go, that'll last you to the block. That's right. <laughs> that,
6: that, yeah, what is that? Those can become in, empty rituals. Empty
1: rituals, But appreciation
6: yes. has to be, I appreciate the fact that this morning when I woke up, you looked me in the eye and blinked, you know. It doesn't have to be anything dramatic. It's yeah. just that I was acknowledged as a person that you're glad to be around. So after... Like t-
1: I would say to Stedman, I appreciate that you took Sophie out at 4.30 this morning. Yes. This yeah. morning. This Not morning. Not generally, yeah. generally, generally, but this morning. Because generally he doesn't. But this morning. <laughs> but, yeah, but some things like that, you know? Yes. Okay. And it is amazing. And then you become
6: passionate friends. And really? that's what we call a, a conscious partnership. Because is it isn't the friends.
1: whole part of the wound, regardless of who you are and what a relationship is about, not being validated, not yes. feeling wanted, not feeling appreciated. That's right. You know what? I think that's a, such a fantastic idea. That beats Valentine's Day for me. Oh, absolutely. You know why? Because I think everybody makes such a big deal yep. about Valentine's Day, and what you want is to be to know that you're appreciated all the time and not some, you know, vapid moment where you got some chocolates that you didn't need. And it's presence. Yes. You know,
6: not presence,
1: T-S. But presence. Presence. C-E. Yeah. People presence. to be present with you.
6: Yes.
3: That's the thing, is it's amazing because I never even knew that I could feel the way I feel right now. I never knew that. Yeah. I mean, now it's just the beginning, so I can only imagine down the road how I may feel, you know? So to me, just that little bit is, is worth, you know, worth anything. You see,
6: that's so important. You know now there's an alternative to the way you felt all your life. Yeah, you've seen, you it, that you've seen it this morning. So one. now you can begin to make Be- that grow.
1: That's how you begin to heal. Audience, thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah show, The Podcast.
0: And I thank you for listening. Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today.